Hello, and welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast. My name is Nick Shaw, and I'm the Communications Director here at the church. And in this message, we're talking about the fact that there's a big difference between wages and a gift. Wages are earned, but a gift can be undeserved. Most gifts fade over time, but there is one that keeps on giving. So let's get right into it as Pastor Craig brings us a message titled, The Gift That Keeps On Giving. Last week we began a new series of messages. Uh, Over these next three weeks, uh, the Romans Road is what we're looking at. So if you're in person, we have these little handout cards that you can pick up to help you to explain the gospel the good news to other people. Because one of the things that this series is to do is to help you, if you are a Christian, you're a faith follower of Jesus, to be able and be equipped to share your faith. Because one of the things the enemy does is tells you, shut up, don't witness to that person, don't share with them, you don't know enough. Right? That's what he'll tell you is, is, you know, you don't know enough, Don't, don't talk to them. And so... Uh, I want to help you through this series so that we take the sting out of that. We kick the devil right out of our house and say, no, 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 I do know what I'm talking about. I am able to share my faith. And so last week, we looked at Romans chapter 3. Today, we're going to look, if you want to go ahead and turn there, to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, and we'll be there in a few moments. But uh, last week, we talked about Romans chapter 3 and how that uh, we all miss the target, right? Everybody remember that message? If you weren't here last week, be sure and check it out. And uh, here's our theme verse from last week. And what I want you to do is, is memorize these key verses, okay? You don't have to memorize the whole Bible necessarily, but if you want to, go ahead. All right, you can go ahead and do that. Uh, I do know someone who has done that, and it's pretty crazy, Uh, You can just tell him what verse, and he'll quote it uh, for you. Uh, Pretty outstanding. But uh, if you'll know these three passages, uh, you can share your faith with somebody else. Everybody ready? Romans 3, 23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's what we learned last week. And sin and falling short can be archery terms, and so what it, what it's saying is, is we miss the mark. We miss the target. And how many be honest enough to say, there's been a time or two, maybe last week even, or last night, where I missed the target. I, I didn't hit a bullseye. And so uh, that's the whole point. Last week we learned about sin, and, and sin is the common ground that we all share. We all have sinned. And and so that's why we need Jesus. Now, today, we're going to look a little bit deeper at this, how Jesus lifts us up from Romans chapter 6. And we'll start with verse 15. Here's what Paul goes on to say. He says, what then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law but under grace? Now, last week, we looked at the law, like the Ten Commandments, things like that, and you got to do all these things. And, And so... Uh, grace has come, you know, we live under the grace of Jesus, and so it's all good, 
And, and so Paul says, so does that mean we don't have to live by the Ten Commandments anymore or whatever? By no means. He says, don't you know that when you offer yourselves, and he's going to pull the cover off here on what sin does. When you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey. Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God, though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. Paul says, I'm using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations. Just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, and we'll talk about that in a moment, so now you offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness leading to holiness, all right? There's a progression that happens when you become a Christian, when you become a Christ follower, when you invite God to come into your life, to take over, to be your master, he says it leads you into holiness. You don't start there, but it leads you there. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. You weren't right. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Some of you, you're, you're like, uh, you know, I remember when I got plastered, you know, uh. and now you look back and you're like, that was so dumb, you know, or I don't even know how many people I've slept with, and now you're like, who was that guy? I'm ashamed. I can't even believe that I did that, right? He says, those things result in death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads, notice the progression again, to holiness, and the result is eternal life. Now, here's our key verse. Last week, it was Romans 3, 23, Everybody ready? This time, it's 6.23. So it's pretty easy to remember. Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23. Read it with me. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's say it again. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. All right, so, so you can share faith now with somebody else. You can help them to know because here, here's the thing. Is it is the gift. It's a gift. Everybody say it's a gift. All right, type it in the chat. Just It's a gift. It's a gift. Or put the gift emoji, all right, in the chat. And uh, here, here's the thing. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, Kodak, I think, in the 70s, took that as a slogan and made it popular, uh, the gift that keeps on giving. But I'm telling you, this gift, it really does 
keep on giving. And here's how it does. Here's how it works. We switch. If you're taking this, we're going to look at switching from earning to receiving. Okay, some of us thought we could earn salvation, but that's not how it works. It's about receiving. Here's the first thing to write down is Paul says, sin pays wages. Okay, sin pays wages. It does. And the wages are this, death. That's the wage. And the Greek word is thanatos. Now, if I got any Avenger fans in the house or online, then uh, you remember the last big uh, villain of the Avengers was a guy named Thanos, right? And I think he snapped his fingers and about half the planet died uh, as a result. It was, it was bringing death. So Thanos is a derivative of this, Thanatos, and it means death. Sin will bring judgment. Okay, make no mistake about it. Don't be deceived. There's no excuses. There's no exceptions. You're not the special one. Okay, it's not, you're going to get away with it because a lot of times people will think they're getting away with it, but I'm telling you there's a law in the universe, and it's this one, sowing and reaping. Okay, And it's just as simple as you can't plant corn in the backyard and then be surprised that beans don't grow. It's not like, I thought I'd have beans. No, you didn't sow beans. You sowed corn. That's the reason why you see corn coming up. And, And there's a lot of people that say, well, you know, I smoked some dope last night and I didn't suffer any ill effects from it. Or I, I slept with that person, and I, 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 there's, hey, it all went great. No problems. I want to add one little word, yet. Okay? Yet. Because there's sowing and reap. Just because something didn't happen yet, doesn't mean that something didn't happen. Just because you sin and get away with it, talk to Samson, all right, in the Bible. Just because you think you got away with it doesn't mean you really got away with it. Here's what Paul says. He says impurity, and we live in a culture like this where impurity parades around like we're free. You know, we live in a culture where sin just flaunts itself and and says, oh, we're free to live however we want to. We're we're free to make choices. We're free to do whatever. I'm telling you, when you work a certain job for 40 hours, you're going to get paid a certain amount for that. Is that right? And you expect it. You, You expect, well, I've worked my 40 hours. I expect my 40 hour check. Come on, somebody. You're not going to be happy if you don't receive that. And Paul says that's kind of how sin works. Sin works this way, too, that that you you start off, and, and the danger of it is you get away with it. And you think you're free, but you're really a slave, Paul says. 
Yeah, and to illustrate that, you, you know how maybe some of you, you thought you'd smoke a little dope and you could handle it and no big deal. You had no idea that you would ever become addicted to cocaine and unable to set yourself free. That's not how it started. It just started with a little. You know, it's like drinking, you know. I, well, you know, I used to just drink a glass or two or whatever a day, and the next thing you know, I'm drunk at work. And I lost my job. Then I was pulled over again. Now I can't drive. And, and so all of a sudden, you thought you were free, but you're not free. See, you, you thought it was leading to greater freedom, but Paul says, no, 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 no. That's, trust me, sin makes you a slave. And, and the reason is, is because sin is a debt. We saw last week how it breaks our communion with God, so we owe a debt. We offended the God of the universe. We offended him with our sin, and somebody's got to pay for that. Somebody's got to make up that debt. Somebody's got to pay for that, and here's what Jesus did. Here's the good news is Jesus said, I'll pay for it, and he's the only one who could pay for it because unlike last week where we saw we can't hit the bullseye every time, I'm telling you, Jesus hit the bullseye every time. He came down here, lived a perfect life, and became the perfect sacrifice, the perfect ultimate sacrifice. And here's what he did. This is why Easter is so awesome, is he died the death you should have died. See, the Bible says the soul that sins, it'll die. You, if you eat from this tree, I'm telling you, God told the first couple, you'll die. That's what's going to happen. And, and Jesus paid the death penalty for you and for me. Now, we don't understand really the full term of what slavery means in this context because as Americans, and I know you're watching from all over the world, but as Americans, we translate this to what we know about it. But in Roman culture, here's how this worked. In, in the days of the Roman Empire, what they did is they conquered the world, uh, the then known world, by military expansion. They just rolled into town and rolled over everybody. And what they did is, is they would just slaughter a lot of people, and then the ones that they did not kill, then they'd take them back and make them slaves. So much so that at one point in time, it's said that in the Roman Empire, 50% of the population of the Roman Empire were slaves. And some of the people were not slaves by force. They were slaves by choice. Because what happened is, is some towns and little villages would say, hey, we know you're coming and you're going to annihilate us. We don't have a chance. So here's what we choose to do. If you'll take us, and you'll put a roof over our heads, and you'll feed us, then we'll be your slaves for the rest of our lives. And so many people were slaves by choice. It was a, a slavery that they invited into their lives. 
And Paul says that's how sin often works. We invite it into our lives. And, and what this looks like is like good things. It can be good things. But how many know good things in God's place are a bad thing? Good things in, God, in God's place are a bad things, such as sex. Sex is a good thing, but in God's place, when it takes God's place in our lives, it's a bad thing. Money is a good thing. But when money takes God's place, it's a bad thing. Success is a good thing. But when success takes God's place, it's a bad thing. And so Paul is saying what happens is is we choose bad gods. We choose death. We don't see it as death when we make the choice. But really, uh, no one else is to blame. You, You can't blame other people. But we live in a culture where we like to blame other people. You know, my parents, you know, my parents were a wreck. You know, they they weren't perfect parents at all. Well, were you a perfect kid? I think it might have been a match, you know, two imperfect people coming together. Or maybe we blame the government. You know, the government, oh, man, they messed up my business and whatever, got interfered and changed some laws and whatever, and they messed me up. I'd be a good person. The reason why I cheated on my taxes, the reason why I'm in prison now is because of the government. Or the reason why I'm this way, I can't help it. It's just part of my personality. And and so it's just, just that way. And we're always looking to blame somebody. But I'm telling you, it makes no difference who you are. There's no one else to blame when you choose sin in your life. When you choose sin, you can be a politician or a preacher or whoever. And, and, and I'm telling you, you can think, well, I'm powerful enough that I can control this. I can say to people whatever I want to say to them. I can treat people however I want to treat them. I can can take some of the money that's supposed to go over here, and I can bring it over into here, and I can take advantage of people, and I can make advances toward people, and I can hide all of this. I'm telling you, be sure your sins will find you out. You can be a politician, you can be the governor of a state, you can be a senator, and you can even be the president of the United States, and sin will find you out. It will come to roost. How many know that it'll happen? And here's why. Here's why this works, is because sin lies. Sin, when the... One of the feature things that sin does is it lies and it says, hey, choose me and you'll be in charge. You'll be in charge. Now, let me ask you a question. Does sin ever allow you to be in charge? No, because sin demands to be in charge. It must be. And Paul says, what it is, is it will be your master. It'll be your master. 
But there's another option. And here's the second option that he talks about is salvation is a gift. Salvation is a gift. Jesus knew that the wages for sin was death, and so he died. But, but his gift didn't look like a gift. I mean, let's face it, when he died on the cross, that didn't look like a gift. That looked like a defeat. When, when he was buried in the tomb, it looked like game over. False Messiah. You know, he, he was a good teacher at best. He said some good things, but he's gone. But I'm here to tell you on Easter morning, when he rose from the dead, he rose victorious over death, hell, the grave, the devil, demons, depression, oppression, sickness, illness, disease. Every enemy was conquered through his resurrected life. I mean, he looked conquered, but he came out the conqueror. Our new master, Paul says, when you switch masters, you switch over to a master who has conquered every enemy, and that new master has conquered the power of sin. He broke its power on the cross. When he said, it is finished, he put a finish to sin and ended it for all time so that you can be totally free. So you can be free. He liberates us to new life in him. So it works like this, is Jesus is the gift. Jesus is the gift. He said, I have come to give you life to the full. Our theme verse around here, John 10, 10. All right, if you didn't know that by now, uh, you've only been here a week, maybe. So let me just bring you up to speed. We, we believe that Jesus' mission is our mission. When he said, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full, he meant it for every person. And that life that he gives, that eternal life, I want you to know it begins today. Jesus wasn't talking about, now, if you come to me, you, when you die, you get to go to heaven. Now, how many, you'll take that deal every day, though. I mean, I, I'll take that deal every day. All day. If I die, I go to heaven. I'm all over that. But I want you to know that it doesn't start when you die. It starts today. When you receive the gift into your life. He said to the woman at the well, I'm telling you, lady, if you knew who you were talking to, you'd ask me for a drink and I would give you living water that would come up inside of you right about now and fill you to overflowing so much so it'd be like a spring in your life. How many know when Jesus comes into your life, he comes in now? He comes in now. That's why as a pastor, it's so awesome to live through other people. Because in this church, I have seen people who have been addicted to cocaine, so much so that they could not break free on their own. 
they could not break the stranglehold of cocaine, which I have no idea what that stranglehold is like, but from what I know, it is a tough thing to break. It's like almost impossible to break, but I have seen people who were in the grips of the enemy himself in cocaine set free by the power of God to never do cocaine ever again. And I've known people in this church personally who were addicted to alcohol, who, who, who just could not break it. I mean, they could not get away from it. They, they trying to get a little, you know, oh, I've been weak, and, oh, and then they slip up. No, I've been two weeks, oh, they slip up, and all this kind of stuff. But then one day, Jesus walked into their life in the fullness of his power, in the fullness of the fountain of full life in Christ, and set them free from alcoholism. Over 30 years ago, they've been free. So I love it. Because when you receive this gift, you're receiving Jesus. See, when you receive the gift, in, in, in the gift, it's not a rule book, all right? It, it's not, oh, wow, look there, 10 commandments that I can't do. That, that's not the gift. The gift is not, oh, you know, if you'll light some candles and say some prayers and, oh, and we'll hope and pray and, oh, you might be able to make it and whatever. No, 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 that's not what's in there. And let me tell you something else. It, it's not a religion. It, it's not the Southern Baptist, okay, or, or the Catholic Church. And if you join the right one, then you'll get it. Oh, and it's not even the Bible, all right? It's not even the Bible. The gift is not the Bible. The Bible points to the gift. The gift is a person. The gift is Jesus. It is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Are you getting it? It is him. Jesus is the gift. And let me tell you something. If you could earn it, then why did Jesus die on the cross? That was awful. God allowed his son to be beaten beyond recognition and to die that horrible death on the cross, and if you could get there on your own, then why did he allow that to happen? The whole point of it is, the reason for the horrible death is you're such a horrible person, right? I'm such a horrible person. I can't hit the target every time. I can't get a bullseye every time. I'm helpless. I'm hopeless. I need your help, God. And God sent a gift to you and I. See, I heard a story about Walter Wyatt uh, back in the 80s. He was flying from the Bahamas over to Florida, and it was dark and stormy and, and um, just low visibility in his twin-engine plane, and his control panel wasn't working properly, so he was trying to fly by a compass. And as he was doing that, it was shaky and wasn't really... Uh, giving clear direction, and he was trying to fly low enough that he could actually see something, and he saw some rocky area, and he thought, well, I th maybe that's leading me toward land, and, and he was calling out, finally, mayday, mayday, 
and asking for help. They were trying to guide him, trying to help him, trying to figure out exactly where he was. And eventually, within moments, his engines died on him, ran out of fuel, and he knew he was going down. So he prepared himself, tried to soften the hit on the ocean as much as he could, hit his head as he, as he landed, but uh, he was still conscious, and so he knew he needed to get out of the aircraft, and so it was uh, floating at that point on the ocean, high waves, got out on a wing with some flares. One of them just broke apart, didn't even work. The other one just sputtered. He got a life vest on, and he felt the wing starting to go down, and he knew the plane was going to be gone in a moment. Sure enough, within moments, he was out there on the sea for 15 hours floating. And he knew it was shark-infested area. He felt like probably approximately where he was. And sure enough, uh, a while into this and trying to conserve his energy, he felt a bump against his body. And so he knew he was probably bleeding and probably attracting sharks to himself. And so he's just there waiting, and they looked as long as they could. They knew he was out there somewhere, but it was so dark at this point that they knew they'd have to wait until daylight and the, the atmosphere cleared to be able to have any hope of finding Walter. Walter's just out there bobbing around, and, and by the time 15 hours had passed, these sharks were now circling him and coming up closer and closer, and uh, he's trying to conserve his energy, yet fight them off when they got close enough, and uh, a plane came within view. He heard the engines, and so he began to wave as much as he could as he was exhausted from all the waves and and the fighting off of the sharks. And sure enough, they did spot him, and they came over, and they dropped down some help and, and got him to safety. Now, let me ask you, did Walter call Uber plane to pick him up? No. Did he do anything to be rescued? No. All he could do was float. All he could do was just try to manage to stay there so that someone with greater power, with greater ability, would be able to see him and be able to rescue him. I want you to know that it's like the songwriter wrote years ago in the old hymn, I was sinking deep in sin far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry, and from the waters he lifted me, now safe am I. How many he rescued you? He rescued you. You couldn't do it. You were unable to do it. See, Paul says sin leads us into slavery. And when you're in slavery, you got to have some help. 
You, you have to be freed by someone else. And God brings the gift of freedom to whoever will receive it. Look at what he said in John chapter 1, verse 11. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Talking about Jesus. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You're not born a child of God. You get adopted into God's family. You get picked. You get chosen by a God. You don't deserve it, but he gives you not what you deserve, but what you need. And here's what we do. We got to pick our master. Paul says, you got to pick. You got to choose. You know, choose you this day who you'll serve. You, you can't, you can't serve two. You got to serve somebody, right? I mean, remember Bob Dylan. You got to serve somebody. And it may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. And here's what Paul says. You're either going to be ashamed of Jesus or you're going to be ashamed of sin. And in Romans chapter 1, we didn't read it, Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, because it is the power of God to him that believes. It can set people free, Paul says. And so what we do is we choose one or the other. We're either ashamed of Jesus and we're proud of our sin, or, or we're proud of Jesus, and we're ashamed of our sin. It is the gift that Jesus brings that sets us free from the addiction of sin's power in our lives. Now, most gifts that we get fade over time, right? You know, maybe you got a new uh, Apple Watch or something uh, last year and uh, or two years ago, and you were like, oh, so cool, so awesome, oh, man, and you know all it can do is amazing, love it, and now somebody said, oh, you got an Apple Watch, yeah, like no big deal, because now they make a newer one, right, and yours is obsolete, you know, yours doesn't do all the cool stuff that the new one does, and so what happens is, as Paul says, what, what we need to understand is, is this gift, it, it doesn't fade over time. It's the gift that keeps on giving. And, and what happens is when we fall into sin, we fall into death. And here's the death that happens, all right? We see this in Adam and Eve. God says the soul that sins, it'll die. And what happens first is you die spiritually. Some of you that are watching right now, you feel dead spiritually. And the reason why you feel dead spiritually is your sin has cut you off from God. You, you don't have connection with God. Adam and Eve, as soon as they sinned, they felt isolated. They didn't feel close to God. They didn't feel connection with God. So that's the first thing that happens is spiritual death. Then you have physical death. He says, you, you're going to die now. You're not going to live forever like you would have. So you will physically die. And then you'll have a permanent death, an eternal death. 
And somewhere in that is where you're at. You're on the first end, maybe, of spiritual death. But then there's going to be physical death. And then the Bible says it'll be eternal death. And only Jesus can set you free from that. Only Jesus can set you free. There's nothing else. There's no one else that can set you free. So what do we do? What do we do? Here's what we do. We believe, not we behave. Okay, you can't behave your way into heaven. You believe your way into heaven. See, and it's his gift to you. It's not your gift to him. In other words, it's not about you. Okay, just turn to the person next to you. Just say, because some of you want to do this right now really bad. It's not about you, all right? It's not about you. And it ain't about you either, all right? You can say it back to them. It ain't about you either. It's about God. And so what we have to do is understand that, listen, stop working toward it. Stop trying to, in yourself, make it happen. In 1830, George Wilson was convicted of a felony at the time. He was convicted of robbing the U.S. mail. And President Andrew Jackson uh, intervened. He was sentenced to be hanged, but Jackson wrote a pardon for Wilson. But Wilson wouldn't accept the pardon. And so the case went all the way up to the Supreme Court, and it went to Chief Justice Marshall, who concluded that Wilson would have to be executed because he said this, a pardon is a slip of paper, the value of which is determined by the acceptance of the person to be pardoned. If it's refused, it's no pardon. So George Wilson must be hanged. Yeah, it's like a gift. Josh, come up here. Pastor Josh, our awesome college career, CSM. Yeah, give him some love. Come on. So let me illustrate this. He he says, it's only a pardon if the guy receives it. Otherwise, it's a piece of paper and a gift. If God says, hey, hey, you know, I want to give you this gift. So if I said, Josh, man, I'm your pastor. I love you. I want want to give you a gift. And I said, no, 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 man. Yeah, you, you don't have to earn it. Don't have to deserve it. Nothing. It's yours. I mean, I've wrapped it. It's for you. It's all for you. No, I'm serious. You just take it. You just take it. You you can have it. Now, now what, what is that? That's like salvation, right? God has bought salvation for you. He's paid for it. It's a gift. And he's giving it freely to you, but you have to receive it. Everybody that believes that, give a shout right now. All right. Thanks, Josh. So let me tell you something. Here's what we have to do. We, we have to understand that it's, he did all the work. All right. Have you ever gone to a sporting event and, and you go to the other person's stadium? Maybe it's an away game. You ever done this? And you wore your team's jersey? You're like, oh, yeah, right here in enemy territory. You know, just check it out. And, and, but your team lost, and then you have to exit the stadium. 
And uh, I don't know if you've ever had this experience where you're going down the ramp and some drunk guy, you know, behind you somewhere yells, hey, yeah, we whooped your butt out there. We, uh, we, we beat up on you. Hey, hey we, we showed you we're the champions. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We're, we're, we're the champions of the world. All right? and, and let me tell you something. No, you're not. You're a drunk, all right? Because you didn't do anything. You sat in the stands and got wasted and spilt stuff on yourself. And what all you did is wear a jersey from the other team and sit in here and get fat. That's all you did. You didn't do jack out there. Am I right? You didn't win the game. You didn't do anything. You didn't throw a block. You didn't kick a field goal. You didn't throw a bomb. You didn't throw anything. You didn't do anything. And let me tell you something. That's how salvation works. You didn't do jack. You didn't do squat. You didn't do anything to deserve it. You didn't earn it. It wasn't about you. Jesus came down here, and he did it all. He did it all. To Jesus. Jesus paid it all. You know, have you ever been in a restaurant and somebody bought your lunch or your dinner? You ever had that experience? Even so, let it happen today, amen. Get a witness. Yes, thank you, Lord. You know. But I don't know, I've had that experience before where you know, you're going to pay the bill and you say, hey, you know, can I have the check, please? And they say, Oh, somebody already took care of it. And you're like, seriously? They're like, yep, yep. They already left, but they wanted to buy your, your meal for you. And, okay, well, how about the tip? No, they, they covered the tip. They covered everything. They were generous. It, they, they did it all. I don't know if you've ever had that experience before, but it's, it's humbling because... No, 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 you don't understand. I'm supposed to go to the register. I'm supposed to, I ate the meal. I, I sat down here. I, I took this in. I should pay for this, but I can't. Somebody else already paid it for me. And I'm telling you, before you were ever born, somebody came down here 2,000 years ago and paid the full bill for you, tip included, so that you could walk out totally free. Jesus conquered. Here, let me pull this statement up on the screen. It's the life, it, it's, it's his gift to you. Pull it up for me. Not what you bring, you bringing your gift to him. See, it's not you doing it. You can't do it. The bill's too high, really. You, you, you can't even pay for it. And here's one more verse. You ready for one more verse? <laughs> then we're going to sing here in a moment. But this verse, it's worth singing about, all right? Are you ready? I don't know if you're ready. Are you ready for this verse? All right, are you ready? Here it is. Here's this verse. John 8, 36, it says, so 
if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Come on. See, we need a gift to get free. We need a gift to get free, to break the stronghold, to break the power of sin off our life. If you're looking for freedom today, I want to announce to you online, wherever you're watching from, wherever you are in this building today, I want you to know you're looking for Jesus. That's, that's who you're looking for. You're looking for Jesus. It's only through Jesus. And listen, Jesus gives freedom, and he gives freedom in this life. He gives it through this life, and he gives it in the afterlife as well. Freedom only comes from him. So today, here, here's the deal. Your mama can't give it to you. Your mama can't give it to you. The Ayatollah can't give it to you. The Pope can't give it to you. The preacher can't give it to you. Nobody can give it to you. Listen, this gift only comes through Jesus. Who is the Savior? Jesus. Who is the Messiah? Jesus. Who is the one who paid it all? Jesus. Who is the only hope that you have for freedom in this life and through this life and after this life? His name, say it with me, is Jesus. 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 Will you receive the gift today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the awesome gift of your son, Jesus. God, help us to allow this to hit wherever it needs to hit in our lives. and Help us to respond as we need to respond. Maybe you're here today or you're watching online and you say, Craig, I thank God that I'm free from sin. But maybe, maybe you're not living totally free. Today, you just needed a reminder that you are free. Whom the Son sets free, He is free indeed. Maybe others of you say, Craig, my, my co-workers need to hear this. My family needs to hear this. I need to spread this. I need to do a better job. I don't, I don't want to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God to him that believes. If you're here today and you say, Craig, I want to be bold in my faith. I want to share my faith, especially right now. I want to share it this Easter season. I want to reach someone for Jesus. Would you just reach a hand up with mine right now and just say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want God to use me. If you're online, just stretch your hand toward the screen. Heavenly Father, help us all to do our best to not ever be ashamed of the not the good news, the greatest news that anyone could ever receive. God, we ask that you will empower us with the Holy Spirit, so much so that we would share it everywhere we go, whenever we have opportunity, because it's the best news anyone could ever hear in all their life. So God, help us this week to reach one more for Jesus. While you're praying, maybe others that you 
say, you know what, Craig, I, I don't have Jesus in my life. I don't have that fountain you're talking about. I, I don't have that assurance of when I die, I'm going to heaven for positive. I, I, and maybe you were confused. Maybe you thought it was something about good outweighing the bad. Maybe you'll somehow magically make it in and, and you're hoping and, and whatever. But now you realize, no, no, it's not about you. It's all about him and about what he does in your life. And when you let him in, he begins to move. He begins to change. He begins to transform your life. And if you'd say, Craig, I need that today. I need that God in my life. I want that gift in my life. Will you just raise a hand if you're in this room? Just shoot it up right now and say, yes, 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 I need Jesus. If you're at home or wherever you're watching, just stretch your hand toward the screen. And I'm going to invite and encourage everybody listening to pray this prayer after me. Just pray it right now. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me, to pay my bill in full so that I can be free. Today I accept Jesus as the sacrifice for my sin so that I can be set free to be all God wants me to be. From this point forward, I surrender my life to you. Thank you for accepting me as a child of God today. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, somebody. Let's praise him. Listen, we're going to worship the Lord one more time with one more song as we conclude. And uh, we'll be dismissed from the back to the front. But I want to pray over you before we leave. And let me remind you, we have cards available for in-person invites. And here's the encouragement is everyone reach one. Okay, we can do this. Everyone reach one. And you're getting equipped over these weeks to be able to reach out. You're getting equipped. You're getting emboldened so that you can reach out and reach somebody else. And so let's do that over these next couple of weeks. Invite someone to Easter. Listen, if you even know somebody, this is a little bit of a secret, all right? We're not just meeting in this building on Easter. Uh, we're also going to have two off-sites at two business locations, Cabin Coffee and Joy's Cakery. And that's for people who say, I don't want to get in a crowd. Okay? Good news. We're going to meet in some small places too on Easter. And you can still have Easter. You can still have Easter. So uh, just encourage somebody this week uh, to find Jesus as their Savior. All right, let's stand to our feet. Get ready to worship the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the precious gift of your son, Jesus, the gift beyond all gifts and the gift that just keeps on giving every day until we get into eternity and beyond. And so, God, today we give you all the glory, all the praise. Help us to reach someone for you this week and make a difference in someone's eternal destiny for your glory, for your honor.